You're listening to the Better for America podcast presented by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Hello, everybody. I'm Rebecca Weber, and this is your AMAC podcast, Better for America. Happy holidays to all of our listeners. I hope that you're all enjoying the holidays. I had a wonderful Christmas with my family and just enjoyed uh, enjoyed the food, certainly. I put on a few pounds, uh, which is not such a bad thing. It gets me motivated to get back into healthy living, uh, which is definitely one of my goals for 2021. In the coming weeks, I'll be inviting a doctor to come and speak with us, an exercise guru who will help share some simple tips for healthier living. And I am excited for that because I love setting goals. And I think all of us could use some encouragement. Uh, but setting personal goals can be so effective. And speaking about goals, in the coming weeks, I'll be sharing with you AMAX initiatives for 2021. We've got a lot of things planned. But in so many ways, as it relates to our federal government, we truly are in a period of waiting, right? We have the Senate runoff races that uh, will be occurring next week. Uh, And it's just so important that the citizens of Georgia get out and vote on January 5th. You know, over the weekend, uh, I did quite a bit of reading. And I came across an article, uh, and they had quoted uh, General Michael Flynn. And I loved what he said. He said that if you read about the founding fathers and what was their principal document that they used to write the Constitution, it was the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. So the Bible is actually in our history's DNA. I mean, think about that, right? It's part of what makes our country so great. Now, there are elements of people and groups and people with power and people with money that are trying to rip out the Bible, but it's in our DNA. And when my father, Dan Weber, founded AMAC, he understood that when our very Constitution was written, it was based on Judeo-Christian principles. In, in the not far too distant past, young children, I remember this very well, we were taught to recite the Pledge of Allegiance every day. And although children may not fully grasp, you know, the significance, uh, I think it teaches them what's important about our nation. I mean, I know you can remember, right? You remember reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, that, that was a time during my childhood education when I truly understood love of country. Why any American would want to remove our Pledge of Allegiance to our flag is bewildering. It's jaw-dropping. I think it's insensible. I think it's anti-American. Today, the left wants to rewrite our history. And we have someone who calls himself president-elect, but we hear him blame Donald Trump for Pelosi's lack of leadership and for her incompetence. We hear him say things like, defund the police. But I think that he might be getting smarter because he seems to understand that the American people want safe neighborhoods. So he says, well, let's wait until after the election. Let's wait until I'm settled in the Oval Office before we go back to talking about how we're going to going to defund the police. I know a lot of you have seen the video of Joe Biden, but I want, want you to watch it again. They've already labeled us as being defund the police. Anything we put forward in terms of the organizational structure to change policing, which I promise you will occur, promise you. Just think to yourself and give me advice whether we should do that before January 5th. 
because that's how they beat the living hell out of us across the country, saying that we're talking about defunding the police. We're not. We're talking about holding them accountable. Now, I, I, every time I see Biden with that those sound bites talking about, you know, hold off, hold off, people aren't liking what we're talking about, I really think he's underestimating the intelligence of the average American. A friend of mine recently said something great. His name is Bobby Charles. He does a lot of writing for AMAC. You can find a lot of his information, his articles on our website. And he stated that the goal of the political elites, especially spendthrift Democrats, is breathtaking. And he said it was breathtaking because the notion that average Americans who have been locked down, scraping by, right, were suffering huge losses in business, in our jobs, we have anxiety, we're dealing with basic anxiety, paying our bills, taking care of children who can't be in school. They don't see what's happening. That is an insult. It is an insult that they don't understand that we are going through a very, very difficult time right now. And we want our police officers on the street keeping America safe. The vast majority of Americans are not eager to see history rewritten either. And we don't want untruths sold as the truth. Now, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. We, the people, must speak. For AMAC members living in the six contested states, those are Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, and New Mexico, I'm going to urge you one more time, please contact your elected officials. Call your congressmen. Call your senators. Let your voice be heard. This election cannot and must not be stolen. Now, AMAC has reached out to all of our AMAC advocates. Now, these are AMAC members who have actually signed up to get involved through our legislative affiliate AMAC Action. If you want to get more information, you can Google amacaction.org. You can find out how you can get involved because we need to flood their inboxes with emails. We need to blow up their telephones with so many phone calls that they can only answer call after call after call or respond to emails. We need to make our voices heard. And Donald Trump said that the Supreme Court, now Donald Trump feels that the Supreme Court was incompetent, right? And he said that they were very weak over dealing with election fraud. I don't know if you agree, but I agree that fraud certainly took place in 2020. It took place in the 2020 election, and I believe our president, I believe Donald Trump when he says that there is absolute proof. But the Supreme Court doesn't want to see it, and the reason they use is no standing, they say. But like Donald Trump said, if we have corrupt elections, we have no country. This is unprecedented. And in unprecedented times, the Supreme Court, in my opinion, should have responded and should have heard the case. The justices denied Texas their request to sue Pennsylvania and other states saying that Texas lacked legal standing to sue under the Constitution because it hasn't shown a valid interest to intervene on how other states handle their elections. So essentially, they said to Texas, uh, you know, keep out of Pennsylvania's business, uh, mind your own business, essentially, is what they're saying. But we have and we know that there were Republican poll watchers that were blocked by election officials. We know that votes were cast in the names of dead people. 
And we know that the election related rules were changed. They bypassed their state legislatures. This is why we're urging our state legislatures to please send a strong message to Congress. Let Congress know that you have issue with those electoral votes that were cast by Democrats when in fact, we believe, and there is alleged absolute proof that in fact, the Republican electoral votes are the ones that should have counted. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to have faith in the confidence of our elections, and I don't. And I'm sure you don't either. This is why now, right now, not later, but right now is the time for the American people to raise their voices and demand that any injustice be immediately corrected. Elections must be fair. Elections must be honest. Elections must be transparent. They must be free of all fraud. We can't allow that in this great country. And do you know what I love about Donald Trump? He says, never give up. Okay, that's something AMAC promises you. We will never give up. I love that attitude. We must embrace that attitude. We must never give up. Because the moment we get complacent and allow inertia to settle in, that is the moment that our country will be overrun by people who want to change America. And I want to show you a clip of Schumer saying how he wants to change America. Listen to this. Now we take Georgia and then we change the world. Yeah! Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. Every time I see that video, and I'm sure you have all seen that video before, it probably really, really gets under your skin, right? Because you understand that he means what he says when he says that he wants to change America. What does that mean exactly? Right? I said earlier, our founding fathers, they understood what would make this country great. And it seems that the far left wants to change all of that. This was a rigged election. We must stop the steal. And if we go down, we must go down with a fight. And, you know, it is so important that all of you, everyone here listening today, understands that we can fight peacefully and we can fight with great thought. We don't need to become violent, and we certainly want to be very, very smart. We want to behave in the way that Abraham Lincoln thought and behaved. We want to remember our great founding fathers, Jefferson and Adams. We want to remember uh, George Washington and his determination to never give up. That is part of who we are. That, it, that runs in our DNA. We don't want to see the police defunded. We don't want to see our neighborhoods overrun by criminals. I mean, what kind of... That's right. I mean, thank you, Dave. I mean, Producer Dave, how are you today? I mean, you know, it is, it is really shameful that we've got leaders and folks in many areas of the country, both in our news media, we've got uh, people in universities and colleges that are essentially are saying defund the police. I mean, you guys yeah, think that's, that's nuts, right? How that works out. Yeah. I mean, Dave, you, uh, you yourself, you worked as a volunteer firefighter. Uh, come on in for a second. I just, because this is important. And um, I think people like Two you, producer Dave. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. 
but go Whatever ahead. What you wish for. I, I want you to share with me before we um, bring on our guest today. Just real quickie, uh, quickie, <laughs> real quickly. <laughs> what kind of podcast is yeah, this? <laughs> real, real quickly, I'd like for you to share um, exactly how you saw that. Um, well, the reason why I chimed in, I came in the studio right where you were saying defund the police and criminals being in it. And, and yeah, this is a personal issue of mine because, uh, or it hits home with me because uh, I did serve in the volunteer fire department here on Long Island and I worked hand in hand every single day with police department. I'm sorry, that's a lie. Not every day. When we were called, anyone that knows the volunteer fire service, they do not get paid and they attend uh, many calls on their own time. At least not those volunteer firefighters uh, here on Long Island. Correct. Many other areas are, are paid, paid, but correct. vast majority of volunteer firefighters. Majority of the United States are and, volunteers. And you just gave me, I just thought of something. I'm sorry to interrupt your thought, no, but right. I, I do that a lot. Uh, but but the one thing that's so important, if, if we had a couple of bad actors, right, uh, that were in the uh, fire departments, let's say, yeah, would, let's people, would people be saying <laughs> get rid of our, sure. our, our local <laughs> volunteer fire departments because we've got a hand full of bad actors. I mean, Donald Trump certainly acknowledged that we needed police reform, but defunding the police? Yeah. Uh, Listen, make no mistake. The, the politicians that are saying defund the police, like you said earlier, I was watching from the control booth, and you said Biden's getting smarter. He's that's a that's an impossibility, first of all. But secondly, most of these politicians are pandering. They're pandering to the groups that are actually do believe that defunding police is a good idea. And like you said, there are a few bad people in there. Uh, police officers like firemen, like in the military, you swear an oath. And most of these guys, they don't look at it as as their heroes. Let, let's let's just talk about the Nashville officers. Let's just take that one incident. The Nashville heroes. officers, the Nashville heroes. officers, absolute heroes. Both those men and women are heroes. But you know what? They look at themselves as just doing their job. The bravest day a police officer, a fireman, or any first responder has is the day they sign up. Every other day they look at it as their job. It's unfortunate that the media, again, they just put out all the bad stuff. Every single day, I guarantee you, a police officer, a firefighter, an EMT is saving someone that you do not hear about because they only want to play the bad stuff. And then you have these groups, these politicians get behind them because they're just pandering to them. It's the bandwagon du jour for them. So they're going to jump on that and they're going to pander to them for votes. And that's all this is about. Well, thank you, David. Thank I, you. Thank Sorry you so much. No, I, I love it. You know what? I think you've got a lot of people in this country that absolutely agree with every word you just said. And I want to encourage our AMAC members and anybody listening for that matter. If you have a great story to share, if you have a heroic a story of heroism, you know a police officer that has gone above and beyond the call of duty. Can you send us an email at info at amac.us? We want to publish those stories. We want to praise the very heroes that help make this country great. So please don't hesitate. Info at amac.us. Send us any information that you have so that we can share the wonderful stories of heroism of our great uh, police officers, firefighters, um, our military. I mean, thank God for our military. You know, I do pray that in time that um, the American people uh, do regain confidence in our government. Uh, we've got to see a lot happen. We've got to see this election um, fraud get corrected. We cannot let this happen again. And, um, you know, because of what occurred, because of the virus, right, and also because, let me just get this chair out of the way. I'm sorry. Because of the virus and because of the um, 
uh, the mail-in ballots that were a result of the the lockdown, right? So, so many states opened up uh, the ability to send a mail-in ballot in uh, versus, uh, you know, voting in person or doing things the way in which they had been done for years and years. Um, that created uh, what we see, uh, uh, unfortunately and sadly, uh, a, a tremendous uptick in election fraud, like I mentioned, dead people voting, which should never happen. And so that brings us to what's going to happen next. And I wanted to bring in today Bob Carlstrom. Bob Carlstrom heads up AMAC Action. He does so much work in Washington, on the Hill, on behalf of you, our AMAC member. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate Appreciate it. It's good to be with you, Rebecca. That is great. Thank you so much. I know that our listeners, they're, they're curious. They're, they're hearing a couple of things, right? So they understand that the Supreme Court so far, as Donald Trump called them, weak for not uh, hearing any of the uh, court cases that have been uh, sent to them. We do know that there are a couple of cases that are sitting uh, at the Supreme Court level. Uh, we'll learn more on January 22nd when those Pennsylvania cases are are heard. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about January 6th, because that is a, an important day. January 6th is the day that the electoral count occurs. And this is when our House of Representatives uh, and our senators, of course, are going to uh, essentially uh, decide or vote on accepting those electoral votes. Uh, I'm just curious, Bob, our, our, our listeners are curious, too. Uh, we've heard people like Mo Brooks that have come out and said, um, I'm going to contest these electoral votes in those states where we believe there was a, you know, a widespread fraud. Uh, and we know that there was a slate of electors that were submitted in Trump's favor, so we had the Republican slate of electors, and we had the uh, we had the um, Democrat uh, elector slate. Uh, so in those six, mainly those six contested states, or five contested states, we know that there were um, two sets of electoral votes that were sent to Congress. So for our listeners, can you explain a little bit more about the process, perhaps in better detail than I have? I'll give it a shot. Thank uh, you, Bob. It is very, it is very confusing, and and there are a number of different approaches that that lead up to uh, January sixth. The first approach is if the state legislators in the five states uh, for which uh, the election outcome has been contested because of fraud, uh, the state legislature can uh, vote to not accept the recommendations of the electoral committees of those states uh, to vote for Biden in terms of the electoral college votes, and they can, in fact, select their own electors. And in five of those states, uh, the Republicans in the state legislatures hold the majority. And their action, if they choose not to accept the Democrat electors, but choose instead the Republican electors, is not reviewable either in court or under the state constitutions or by the governor. And so that automatically goes, you know, to the uh, to the House of Representatives and to the Senate. Uh, now, also, uh, there are uh, challenges that were made by Texas and, and 13 other states, I believe, arguing that the Supreme Court has original jurisdiction because of the, of the fraud that occurred in Pennsylvania 
such that it would have changed the outcome if corrected. Uh, and the argument is that all those other states whose majority and whose electoral uh, college votes were uh, dedicated to Trump were disenfranchised is one in which the Supreme Court, in terms of suits by one state to another, has original jurisdiction. In, in, in rejecting that suit, uh, the court also did advise uh, indirectly on how that suit could be reinstituted now yes and and in indeed in the case that is now scheduled normally for on a 30-day schedule for january 22nd can be moved up before that date and so that remains to be seen in the in the days and weeks ahead Interesting. We'll have to see what happens on January 6th. I think some of us will be sitting at the edge of our seats at 1 o'clock p.m. uh, Eastern Time, taking a look to see exactly how things play out in the House. Uh, And, you know, certainly, you know, we are realistic, too. We understand that... the odds are not in Trump's favor. They, they, they just simply aren't. But what we do believe in is that we fight for the integrity of our elections, that we let our voices be heard, and that we expect the same from our congressmen and from our senators. We expect that you will represent we the people, the over 70 million people that voted for Donald Trump and that believe that this election, in fact, was stolen and that it was rigged. And so I say that if we're going to go down, we go down with a fight. And if that happens and Trump is not reelected, AMAC promises our listeners this, no matter which way things go, we are going to fight for you. We're going to stick to the issues that are important. We're going to fight to protect your social security. We're going to fight to protect America's health care system and ensure that people have affordable health insurance to pay for good health care in this country. And we're going to do all the other things that we've promised to do for you, protecting your Second Amendment, all of our rights and our liberties. These are so, so important to us. So regardless of how things go, AMAC is not going anywhere. I mean, we're going to do the work. And I know, Bob, you're doing that each and every single day. But what I love about what you're saying here is that there are a few courageous people that are not going to walk in on January 6th and congratulate Joe Biden and let things go along as they as as some are suggesting they should. Mitch McConnell being one of them, who I personally am disappointed that he would say that, because it seems to me that when something wrong occurs, you don't ignore it. If you ignore it, it can happen again. We can't get complacent. We certainly can't get complacent. So I love to hear that um, that there are people like Mo Brooks and other senators that are indicating that, in fact, they are going to contest these electoral votes. Uh, and while chances are slim, uh, it's important that we do the right thing and that we speak the truth. Now, there is another lawsuit, Bob, that um, Representative uh, Louis Gohmert has filed. Now, a lot of people are saying that this is just a, a complete waste of time. Essentially, what he's saying is he's suing to try to get Vice President Pence to declare on January 6th that the electoral count is in Trump's favor. Can you explain a little bit about that suit to us? Because this is something fairly new. I think yesterday this story broke, and I just want to make sure people understand it as it is. Uh, Fill us in on that, what you know about it. Sure, sure. Um, According to the lawsuit, uh, Pence really has a role in the upcoming January 26th joint session. 
and particularly in the lawsuit filed by Representative Gohmert of Texas, as and joined in also by the six uh, Trump elect or by the electors from the state of Arizona, the Trump electors there, uh, they are arguing that the 1878 law, elect 1887 Electoral College Count Act, is unconstitutional. And number one, that it only applies at the particular time, but more importantly. Uh, in terms of its constitutionality, creates a process which overrides the Constitution, which provides that the president uh, of the Senate uh, shall determine the validity of the electors' uh, electoral college votes and that they must be certified. And if they're not certifiable, then what the president of the Senate would do under his constitutional role is refer the matter to the House of Representatives under the 12th Amendment to the Constitution. And under that amendment, each state has only one vote. And that one vote is based on the particular party majority of its delegation to the House of Representatives. So that, in, in by example, uh, California has no more votes than the state of Delaware. But if the majority of the members from this from any particular state are Republican, they will have the opportunity to cast that one state single vote for President Trump. Interesting. And conversely, conversely, it's true if they're uh, if the Democrat uh, Democrats hold the majority of the delegation to the House of Representatives. So that's where it lies. And, and that lies in the role of the president of the Senate, that is Vice President Pence, in the senatorial uh, constitutional role to certify uh, the electors from the state. And if he's unable to do so, you know, then it goes to the 12th Amendment for resolution under the process I just described. Very interesting. And that's important for people to to really understand that there is still yet a process that needs to play out. And I think what we see in mainstream media is uh, everything about President-elect Biden, uh, that Trump has zero chance, that there was no widespread fraud. But we know and we know that our listeners know that there was definitely uh, something uh, very fishy that went on. We know that there was uh, fraud um, because we've heard people speak and testify that indeed they saw it and witnessed it with their own eyes. And we've heard uh, of another uh, of other cases, for example, alleged uh, fraud through these Dominion voting systems. Uh, mainstream media is keeping all of that quiet. AMAC is not going to stay quiet. Uh, we're going to watch the process unfold. Uh, we're going to work across the aisle if we need to. And we do that today. We're going to continue to do that. But again, I said it earlier, more importantly, is that we fight to ensure the integrity of our elections. That is key to keeping this country solvent. Donald Trump said it. If we if if our elections are 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 not real, then we don't really have a real country. So it is so important that all Americans, whether you're Democrat or Republican, that you feel that it is important uh, that our elections are fair, honest, uh, not vulnerable to fraud. 
Bob, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Uh, I'll be uh, in Washington on January 6th. Uh, I'll certainly be down there. I look forward to meeting with you some more when I when I get down there and can spend some time with you. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. In the meantime, I want to leave our listeners with one last message. So important that our Georgia citizens, our AMAC members in the state of Georgia, if you're listening, get out there and vote on January 5th. Those Senate Georgia races are so important. Uh, it's going to determine the future of our country to, to a great degree, especially if Joe Biden uh, does get into the Oval Office. So we'll have to keep watching. But the message I want to leave us with is we're never going to give up and you should not either. We go down with a fight and then we get back up and we keep on fighting for the values that make America great. Bob, thanks again. And to all of you listening today, this is AMAX podcast, Better for America. Look forward to seeing you with us next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Better for America podcast. To learn more about AMAC and all it has to offer, visit us at www.amac.us.